0: Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned. Immaculate. Hello and welcome to the C86 show. I'm David Eastor. As you know, we love a special guest. This week it's going to be the turn of the singer, songwriter, guitarist, also very creative um, painter. It is the one and only Luke Haynes, who I spoke to very recently to find out more about Life Love and poetry and everything else. One time member of The Servants back in the 80s but then went into various other bands including the Alters and the Black Box Recorder but has recently been collaborating with Peter Buck, he of R.E.M. And they've done two albums. A couple of years ago it was Beat Poetry for Survivalists and then very recently, 2022, they've done an album called All the Kids Are Super Bummed Out. So this is the interview. Interesting. So, after several minutes of casual but interesting chat, we got down to that exciting subject that was the world that was. The C86 show, uh, show, tape, which came out with the NME back in 86. And um, I mentioned that uh, they were one of the 22 tracks or bands on that very legendary cassette. And this was Luke's response. Luke, take it away.
1: No, I'm, I wasn't in them at that point. Um... Um everyone thinks I was. I joined about I joined about a year too late. So I wasn't oh, that was that was the servant's sort of biggest uh moment, being on the um the C eighty six set. And I I was in them after that for, for a few years and um as we kind of got, got smaller and smaller <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. From small from smaller small beginnings to even smaller uh endings. So um that's kind of what happened. And it was just you know, it was the 80s, everyone was just, you know, on the dole, you know, forming bands, being in bands. Um, no one really thought about making, about sort of selling records like they did in the 90s. That all kind of came later. It was kind of the, the late 80s was a bit like it is now where... You know, if you're selling a couple of thousand records, you kind of seem to be doing OK. Yes. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's what it was. That's kind of what it was then. You and know, how
0: did you and how did you sort of become part of that musical world? That that was David Westlake, isn't it? And was Phil yeah. King the bass player at that stage?
1: No, I wasn't in the band with Phil. Well, Phil was in the band C86 version of the band. And I wasn't in a band with Phil. Um, I'm one of the few people that, uh, in in England who's never been in the band with Phil King. Um,
0: no, that's unusual, isn't it?
1: It is. It is unusual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was once, I think he, he was once going to be um, uh, the bass player and black box recorder, but that never happened. So I was almost in the band with Phil.
0: <laughs> yes, that's amazing. But then did you keep with David for a, a little while and then sort of get... Joined yeah. at that point with the drummer from the House Martins.
1: That's that's true. Yes, yeah. Hugh Whitaker um, uh, turned up. I think Hugh Hugh answered an advert um, uh, that we put in for a drummer because we could never we could never keep drummers. It was really it was really difficult to keep drummers. It probably is. It was probably like that now. I don't know. But um, and yeah, Hugh Hugh turned up. Hugh had Hugh had left the House Martins because they were getting too big. Uh, <laughs> So he joined a band that was getting getting really small. <laughs> yes. So if you wanted, you know, if you didn't want to be, if you didn't want to be uh, famous or on top of the pops, the servants is a good band to be in.
0: Yeah, that's quite interesting, really, because you yeah. did, you did one, one one sort of demo for Creation Records, which at that stage was very different to the beast that became Creation yeah. in the nineties. Did ooh, you get a release ooh. on? Was that was that eventually released that particular? Um, uh,
1: there was an al- there was a, David did a uh, like a mini album because um, like, mini albums were kind of popular at that time because um, I think you could kind of, you know the, you could record them for you know half the price of a, an actual album and kind of market it as an album. So um, he did he did one which I was on. Um, that was the first record I I made actually was a, a mini album called Westlake which came out on Creation um, and as you say it was very different then they were just. Um, They were just sort of uh, God, I know. They were just they. uh, uh, Alan McGee at that time, I think, was had just finished or just been sacked from managing the Mary Chain, so it was all kind of, you know. Uh, I don't know, skin of your teeth kind of stuff.
0: Well, I would imagine, yeah, because there were some amazing artists he had on Creation during that period. And yeah, I know m- yeah. people like Momus, and I think there was a. Yeah, I might get it wrong, but there was a, a child actor from the early seventies who was going to be the David Cassidy of this country. I think it was his name Simon Rivers. I might get that wrong, and he did a very. No,
1: uh, uh, Simon, you mean Simon? Are you thinking about Simon Fisher Turner?
0: Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Well done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah and he that now, was a, he does uh, he now does well, he, he he did quite a lot of Derek Jarman soundtracks um he's sort of involved in the in the um, soundtrack world Simon fish yeah, turner um, I, yeah
0: i just remember he had as one of those guest stars on a particular album that he did with creation which i don't know she appeared in a david bowie um video decades later when he was doing his kind of comeback oh.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Tilda Swinton.
0: Yeah, that's the one. God, yeah, is like yeah. pop quiz, isn't it? Um, it but, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I'm> well, <laughs> but, but but it must have sold all of that ten copies, which must have been um, a bit of a, a problem with the whiteboards. Well,
1: I think I think I think I think you know stuff kind of did in those days. Um, you know those. I mean that's why I think you know that the the kind of C86 thing actually sold. Quite a lot of records when it was uh, when it came out on vinyl, um, and everyone was kind of surprised because most, from what I gather, most of the bands um, that were on it didn't really want to be on it because it was kind of they didn't want to kind of be grouped in together and you know on a kind of scene. So a lot no. of these bands have kind of gave away their what they deemed to be their uh, least good songs. Um, which of course were the songs that then kind of became more well known because they were one of the biggest selling albums
0: yes and then Phil Wilson from June Brides decided mm. he was too cool for school and um Yes, yeah. decided not yeah. to be on the compilation at all, which is um, a yeah. <laughs> great,
1: <That's
0: right. laughs> great move. So how did you, yeah. I mean, from those indie pop days, which was all sort of beautiful and innocent, up put 80s indie between 83 to 87, which is basically the years mm. of the Smiths. That, that latter period was kind of, it got into shoegaze and my bloody Valentine, Silverfish. Mm. And then we had the Seattle grunge scene in 4AD mm. with the Pixies and Muses. How mm. did you, as an artist, cope with that kind of transition between, you know, those scenes and those decades?
1: I wasn't, well, I wasn't very, I mean, that kind of, that period is sort of, I suppose, 87 to the early 90s. I wasn't that interested in um, the bands that were around then. I I mean, the bands, I I mean, I was into the go-betweens who kind of weren't part of that. Um, And uh, then... Then when when the kind of Seattle stuff, I thought the Seattle stuff was kind of interesting. Those bands were kind of more akin to what I was, what I had in mind. You know, especially, obviously, especially like Nirvana, um, maybe sort of things like Dinosaur Junior. Those kind of things, um, which were, you know, which is quite kind of. I was thought it was quite funny that when what you know what we did, what the auteurs then did, was sort of uh, was seen to be very English, but a lot of my my actual inspiration was coming from. Seattle
0: really. Yes, that's right. And then you did one album, was it Disinterest with yeah. with with the, yeah. with the Servants which came out yeah. right on the decade. Did that did that sort of just was that on Paperhouse Records?
1: It was on Paperhouse indeed. Yes. Yeah, completely uh completely sunk without trace. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very funny it's it was um, I, I think i think um it was i was david the singer told me a few years ago that it sold nine records nine copies that uh, <laughs> Um, and the funny thing is that then, uh, you know, maybe, you know, like 20, 25 years later, Mojo did this sort of like they kind of list of the most influential indie albums ever made, and this interest was in it, <laughs> um, which was up. To, utterly absurd because uh, <laughs> no one at all heard it it's never been it's never been um apparently the apparently the singer from um one of the nine people was apparently the singer from Ballon Sebastian, Hugh right. Murdoch. So maybe that's why they think it was so influential. But um, but yeah, and it's never been it's because of like uh, like you know legal issues, contractual reasons. It's never been reissued. Right, uh, and probably never will be.
0: Yes, so
1: it really is. It really is a very much a lost.
0: Album. God, um, the Lost Album. That's amazing. Uh, and uh, uh, it was um,
1: last seen on Discogs for, uh I think, just under £2,000 oh, for the final copy.
0: God, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Jeez, crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So you're, cause, because then you strike out to become part of the auteurs, but just holding that thought, you've then mm. worked again with David on his... Comeback yeah. album, which came out yeah. this year, "My Beautiful England." Mm. Um, so, when did this kind of uh, not collaboration, but when did the the phone call come down the line? That the global, oh, uh, tiny global,
1: <laughs> tiny global. Yeah, we've all we've all we 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 sort of um, we lost contact for a little while. Then we kind of um, we you know we just I think we saw each other somewhere at a. At a a gig somewhere or other and we just and we kind of um we just struck up uh friendship again um we've been in contact for the like last 15 15 years or so and um i was just out one evening with him and uh, he said uh he said uh i'm you know i'm recording I'm some songs i want to make an album i said great um you know let me know if you want any guitar playing on it yes so and uh, and yeah, and so I ended up playing on all of it, which is good. And it's a great album.
0: Yes, I mean, just um, because I've sort of listened to it, and I did an interview yeah. with David. I mean, is this? Would you go as far as to say, without being controversial, is this? Is this kind of a bit of a uh, the 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 kind of. A celebration of brexit album
1: <laughs> well, that's where david's coming from, yeah, yeah, it's not where I'm coming from, but um that's his view, and i'm you know i'm I'm all for free speech, you know i don't you know I don't agree with it, but there you go, um I was happy just to play guitar,
0: yes, there you go <laughs> this is i think this is so this is probably the first kind of album or the only album in the in the yeah. That that sort of um bring brings the sort of love of, of, of freedom and taking yes. back control. Yes,
1: it is. It's it certainly is, yeah. Like I say, that's not my that's not where I'm coming from, but um <laughs>
0: So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have kind of, you know, because obviously, you know, then you've got this amazing album with with Peter Buck. Now, mm. this is your second one with Peter, isn't it? So, how it did? Is. I mean, I, I was reading your book. You know, Bad Vibes, Brit Pop, my part yeah. part in its downfall. When um when you started working with Peter, did you ever sort of think, oh my God, have I ever slagged off REM? i um,
1: well. I'm pretty sure I hadn't. Because um, I always thought they were good, so um, I'm pretty sure I hadn't. Um, you're probably going to tell me some old interview I've done that I, I did, but um, no, no, I, it no, it never really occurred to me. I don't think I don't think Peter would care particularly anyway. No, but if- um you know, he, we, you know, we're, our, our kind of, um, you know, we know where we stand, you know, musically, musical, yes. musically together. So yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I always, I always, I always, um, I was always very keen on REM.
0: Uh, yes. Particularly, I...
1: particularly uh, the Monster album. I think it's one of my favourites.
0: Is that the one with. Um,
1: What's what? the frequency, Ken? Yes, and that's, and, the uh, one, yeah, that's the yeah, it's one. The kind of, it's the kind of loud guitar one. Yeah.
0: So, with, with this collaboration, which is kind of fascinating, how did the, the phone call or the kind of moment happen? Because I guess you didn't sort of bump into the, the boozer in North London, did you?
1: <laughs> no, he, just bought, he bought a painting of mine. Because uh, I did paintings, and he bought a painting of mine that he just saw uh, on the internet, um, and uh, he just sent me an email, and we, you know, bought the painting, and we uh, we just decided to work together because um, I knew that he I knew he liked my stuff, and obviously I like his stuff, um, so it seemed, you know. Why the hell? This you know, chance has kind of kind of has kind of brought us together. So why not, you know, just uh, continue, uh, you know, along the along the avenue of chance.
0: Yes, absolutely. This is incredible. So did um, I mean, with the recording of this, I mean, there's a slight, I guess, problem that you're you're on different, completely different parts of the world. Did you start yeah. just thinking this is this is a good idea? Thank thanks for buying the painting. Um, how do you then go about? because normally, you know, in the good old days you'd just sort of sit in some sort of cold little space, mm. kind of strumming away sort of talking about, mm. you know, the first, I don't know Velvet Goldmine, underground album and Captain yes, Beefheart yeah, and j- course, jamming yeah. away and yeah. um, and all that but how does it work when you're on different country in different countries?
1: Um, you just Peter just, it works like this Peter sends me uh, a uh, Peter sends me a demo um which is often going to be you know just guitar and the drum machine um i'll have a listen to it i'll write lyrics and a kind of a tune put a tune to it then we just build up the tracks like that it's really simple um and then what became what started out as the demos actually become in both instances has become the finished album you know it's just we just build on the original tracks then eventually put you know live drum stuff for like that. Um Linda, our drummer, is in New York. So um she does her drums remotely. Um Peter and Scott who plays bass, Scott from the minus five. Um uh they're they're both in Portland. Um and obviously I'm in London so we're kind of uh, you know, we're we're <laughs> we're separated, all of us are separated by thousands and thousands of miles. Yes. Peter and Scott, who are oh. kind of neighbours. So yeah and this
0: is this was recorded, i guess this is was this the the first kind of lockdown period the the early years
1: the first yeah the first one well yeah, that's right, yeah, the second one we started in the lockdown period, the first one was before lockdown, obviously, but we were um due to we were due to uh tour um and then I think it was actually the first one i think was it was um uh it was uh, released on the week that we went into lockdown, like March the eighth or something like that. Um, two thousand and twenty, yeah, that'd be right. Um so yeah, we got we got kind of um, you know, as everyone did, we all know what happened in two thousand and twenty. <laughs> um uh and then we just we just continued uh working through the first lockdown and, and onwards and onwards um until we You know, until we finished our kind of double album monster piece, um, which is always the intention, you know, to make a a big, big, fat double album.
0: Yes, this is this is amazing because, I mean, does it feel quite as an artist, quite nerve wracking when you sort of write, you know, sending lyrics back or your sort of vocal arrangements to some, you know, someone elsewhere thinking yeah do you ever get touchy do you ever feel like look do not sing i remember morrissey sort of getting mm-hmm. particularly annoyed when i think stephen street one or a producer sort of mentioned some line that he was sing uh singing mm. and and he you know went off on a bit of a number in especially in the book um i just wondered yeah. if you ever thought do not do not question my lyrics peter because otherwise
1: <laughs> I will, I will. well he peter doesn't he doesn't question them um we kind of work in a we work in a spirit of true collaboration, where we let each other do what we want to. Otherwise, it's not really a collaboration. Um, you know, once you start kind of picking apart, I know it does happen, um, and it's it is a it's a way I suppose of working. But um, you know, I'm I'm more up for the kind of the true spirit of collaboration, i.e., you know, you do your stuff, I do my stuff, put it together, and see what the hell comes out of it. Luckily, we kind of want to. We seem to be on a fairly like-minded kind of uh uh pathway so you know we're kind of we're kind of all right but did that I did
0: did, did being in various bands for yourself and also him being in rem did that sort of help the kind of you know the the kind of emotional process of working together knowing the pitfalls because i haven't read your book and in some of the Mm. uh, the comments about some of your band members during the during the 90s did, did did that kind of help you, you know, then process, you know, with you know I suppose it's that kind of term people use sometimes, you know, reading the room or being able to just let things go mm. when it's slightly annoying you.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm kind of my attitude probably has changed somewhat since I first mate started making records that I I kind of think I think that, you know, it's I think when the record is done, it's done kind of thing. Um you know not every not every not every album is going to every track is going to be a work of genius that's kind of the nature of re- albums you know there's always going to be um <laughs> There's always gonna be tra- one track that's the worst track. I think Steve Albini taught me that. Um, it's a good, it's a good thing to bear in mind. that always whatever album you make. There's always going to be one track that's like your least favourite. <laughs> yes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you which one because that kind of would ruin, would ruin it um, for anyone listening. But um, and I always, I kind of think the art is. You know, you, all art is kind of imperfect, as it should be. So you create something and it's imperfect, and that's good. Um, it's good that it's flawed, because um, art should be flawed. You know, art should be kind of about unspoken things, and, you know, can be visionary, but, you know, even if it's visionary, it can be flawed.
0: Yes absolutely and also it's good as I've gathered from talking to people to to kind of move on and not just sort of wait too long or or sit on a project for too long but just kind of oh, yeah. um, eventually yeah. push i don't know send or all finish and and, and move well, on Peter to the has
1: next... a Peter has a Peter has an attitude of of kind of he won't he won't play something he won't record something you know he won't, won't do kind of any more than like three takes on anything you know, yeah, he's done yeah he's absolutely done um and some you know so there's there a kind of there was you know there's a track on the new album called The Kong are Coming which Peter recorded on his kind of he got us this new new kind of uh, piece of recording equipment he didn't know how to use properly so what he recorded ended up having like just completely top end and no bass on it just because of the way he recorded it which is kind of wrong but it's what <laughs> we ended up it's what we ended up using because the feel was good and that's that's our kind of approach um You know, there's another there's another track, or the the title track called Exit Space, um, is a is a kind of thing where it was just like he sent me um, kind of I don't know about uh, four tracks of kind of overdubbed kind of uh, screaming feedback. Um, you know, for about eight minutes, and that's kind of that's how that track kind of started. Um, just as and the feedback on it is just the original feedback that he used, so it was just like kind of metal machine music or something like that. You know, so it kind of you know it's all it's all very kind of experimental. The whole thing, the whole mm. approach as well.
0: And did Cherry Red pick up straight away when you were doing the first collabor, you know, first collaboration and first album beat beat poetry for Survivalist? Mm. Was it easy? Mm ish to find a record label to say, yes, we really want to put this out and be part of this journey.
1: Well Cherry we really have just put out all my solo albums since uh I don't know, the first the first one they put out was the Rock and Roll Animals album, um, which is about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Um so they've been putting them all out and I just take I you know when I when I finish a record I just take it to them and say look, do you want to put this out? Um, you know, either yes or no, and they, they always say yes. So that's how we do it, and that's how the same thing happened with the the Peter uh, album. It was just like, you know, well, should we, uh, you know, I just said to Peter, you know, you're good to put it out through Cherry Red, and he's like, yeah, it's cool. Um, but, you know, because it, cause it's the albums with him, we also get, like, an American release as well, which is nice. Yes. Um, which, uh, it's, it's good to have kind of, like, you know, a, a worldwide release, uh, on these records rather than it just
0: being, you know, very, very tiny. Yes. And then, I mean, with this new album, which is which is just kind of out and about, I mean, there's an amazing mm. amount of variety on it because there's some real sort of glam rock stompers, aren't there? Mm. Um, yeah. Like Subterranean Earth Stomp, stomp yeah. which is, yeah. it reminds me of something from either the Glitter Band or or Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah, Were, were yeah. you channelling the spirit of... Um, the glitter band on that that
1: one. <laughs> uh, we have to be careful about that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, the actual Get Glitter Band, yeah, they were they were great. Um, without without the leader, uh, <laughs> I obviously, wrote, I wrote a song about that a long time ago. But um, but yes, yeah, the the, the glitter band certainly, um, the double drummer kind of stuff like that. But that's always I've always liked that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, we like I said, we wanted to make the album you know a double a, a proper double album where it's kind of you know possibly even too long you know that kind of thing um and you kind of have to kind of sit through you know I like the idea of like sitting through it all as an album and you know it feeling like a kind of a big kind of, you know, almost bloated kind of experience, but in its own way, kind of really cool.
0: Yes, because it, it sort of becomes a bit George Harrison esque, doesn't it? It sort of, I'm not sure, because yeah. I haven't got the double album, but I've just listened to it. I mean, I guess it's yeah. sides three and four where you sort of, is it the sitar, sitar and then some kind of rather yeah, groovy drum starts to a, sort of dul- come it's in? It's a
1: dulcimer, dulcimer, a dulcimer, and uh, Peter played the dulcimer on that, uh, which sounds a bit like a sitar. And uh, and then it's sort of a tablet drum loop,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you? I mean, was I mean, wh- I mean, it was probably last year on the Disney Channel. There was the, the eight hours of the, of the Beatles doing Let It mm. Be. Uh, Let It Be the kind of the, mm-hmm. um, the the sort of making of that particular album and the concert yeah. on the roof. Did you watch that and sort of get sort of either inspired or, or sort of like related no, to? No, I
1: think that. No, that track was recorded, I think, before that film came. But I thought, you know, I, I, it was more like um, it was more coming from. Uh, I did an album years ago called Bader Meinhof, which was kind of all tablas and uh, and kind of uh, sort of Indian rhythms, that kind of thing, uh, and Indian string arrangements. Um, so it was kind of more coming from that, uh, really. And it just, you know, it just it just kind of came came just came kind of out of my head, really. It wasn't uh, it wasn't <laughs> it was a, that was that was one that I kind of did the. Demo for first, like it, a lot of them would be Peter would send me a demo, but in that case it was the the tablers and the the kind of the guitars were my came from me, and then he added the the kind of uh, the the sitar sounding uh, dulcimer on it. That yes, sort of thing.
0: because there was there are certain tracks like Exit Space, which is all the kids mm. are bummed out, and then there's also. Um, flying people, you're my kind of guru, and also waiting for the mm. UFOs, and mm. um, and you mentioned the word groovy comes comes yeah. through on quite a lot. Were you were you yeah. sort of channeling your inner kind of hippie spirit on this? Uh, I that?
1: always am. Yeah, I always am these days. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a total freak and a head. <laughs> you know that's where I, that's where I'm at you know I, I'm you know I love Hawkwind and stuff like that you know I like The Grateful Dead you know unashamedly um, and we wanted to kind of make a modern psychedelic record
0: yes well, um, I was yeah. wondering did you like the work of Robert Calvert
1: um, oh god yeah love him yeah
0: and I just yeah. wondered if you you know that was kind of one of your kind of go to kind of artist or all people to and be he always, inspired
1: he's always someone I come back to certainly yeah I mean I love that I love the uh, 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 star. Oh, what was the? What's the um, uh, I completely lost it. The star. The starship one. Um, Space uh, Ritual. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, the Calvert solo album. Right. I Completely, uh, uh, completely lost it. Um, uh, oh, it will come back to me anyway. That his concept album he did, a spoken word thing, um, uh, which was kind of early seventies one. Where he had kind of all of Hawkwind on it. Um, yeah, and yeah, but. I, I mean, I love the Hawk Lords for twenty-five years, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, just going to your because well, your book "Bad Vibes," which is mm. quite the, the most amazing, right? The, um, you yeah, know, one of the great books of our times on on music, really, isn't it? I mean, did um. I mean, when you read, read that, wrote that, did you? Mm. Were you at all kind of worried about some of the things you were putting in in it, or kind of mm. expressing, or were you were you just in an emotional state that you thought, I don't care, I'm burning my bridges. It doesn't. It's it's fine. Mm.
1: No, I just thought I just wanted to write a comedy, really. It's um, <laughs> as simple as that. I just wanted to write. I just thought it would be a good, you know, uh, you know, the, the music industry is is rife kind of comic anecdotes. And everyone everyone who's been in the band has got, you know, the same kind of comic anecdotes. And it's just the kind of, it's the normal story, really, of, of what happens when you're in a band, you know. Um, you know, you get, you know, you start off without success, then you get a bit of success. Then you get a bit more. Then you get less success. It's just it's the same for everybody, you know, in, in relative, but you know, in, in all, all kind of like relative states. Um, so no, I was like no, I wasn't particularly, uh, I wasn't particularly worried about it I just thought it was a good you know a good bit of art really and a good bit of comedy
0: yes absolutely no it, it was it's, it's an amazing read but some of the comments about some you know liking some members of the band because they disliked another member of the band and yeah. and little comments like that and your relationship yeah. with suede and then the, the mm. and then elastica mm. as well. well when
1: you write I think when you write these things what, what sometimes to happen is people you know people kind of Latch on to things without nuance a little bit because we live in a world without nuance, obviously. Um, And so when I'm writing about uh, suede, sorry, um, they, uh, you know, people kind of ignore the fact that I'm saying, you know, they're they're brilliant live and they're, you know, they're kind of a genuine teenage rampage stuff. And they concentrate more on the fact that, you know, I'm kind of jealous of them winning the Mercury Prize, that kind of stuff, you know, which is not, which is a different thing from saying I hate their music because I don't, I really like their music. Yes. Um, and I like, I'm still friends with Bernard from Swede, um, all these years later. So, um, so it's you know, you you have to, you kind of have to read, there's there's nuance to it all, I
0: think. Yeah, and it's also there's a bit of the Phil Silvers Bilko, isn't there? Because you're, you're sort of, slightly punching up rather than punching down to people. You were, yeah, sort of...
1: yeah. Oh God, yeah. I think so, yeah.
0: And I get, and I, and that's what I get because obviously, um, yeah. because at the same time as you're sort of, and I sort of realize you probably not completely taking joking, but you know. Um... Yes, you take your songwriting seriously and what you 're recording, yeah. but at the same time you sort of yeah. realize the band has slowly sort of imploding in a disastrous yeah, yeah. way so th- that comes thing, through yes a lot yeah
1: another thing about it another thing about it was that I did uh, you have to remember that it's kind of i chose often I chose up like quite small incidents and then magnified them kind of for comic effect, and then so you get the whole the whole kind of time frame of the book is very really condensed so it's essentially you know each chapter is kind of an incident or something like that so it's about whatever 25 things that happened um but it's all kind of condensed um for comic effect so you know and it it wasn't you know obviously it wasn't kind of as um it wasn't as miserable as i as it as it make, as it kind of makes out because of the way it's all stretched together because if you put all you know if you wrote an actual kind of diary a lot of it would be quite boring you know because there's a lot of time where nothing particularly happened or things that did happen were just like really good and funny or it was like cool and everyone you know everyone kind of went out and you know had a drink we played a gig and it was great or we did you know we did like a week of shows that were great and everyone went and got on but no one one, who cares about that
0: no (laughs) absolutely
1: that is not in any way interesting you know and so when you when you kind of write a book you have to be you know you have to be interested you have to make it interesting so you're not writing everything you know yes. otherwise because you, know, you know life is not life is not made up entirely of you know um catastrophe and hilarity
0: no but it's got <laughs> it's beautiful that every chapter it starts with a little bit of a kind of what's happening in the pop world at that time yeah. and, and sort of give it sort of reference of the, of the John yeah, major yeah. years. Because I, I sort of haven't done this show for quite a long time. Most bands, especially in the 80s, have that five-year narrative of getting together 12 months, you know, get a single John Peel, then the John Peel yeah. session the first album, get the transit van, with around the art centres of the, mm. you know, county, of uh, the country and then it's a tricky second and third albums and it's, and by then everything is kind of, you know, imploding and also people have losing interest because there's a lack of money and also yeah. dislike of each other and also, the yeah. other thing is kind of tour in America seems to be the thing that mm. finishes most <laughs> British bands off and and you sort of bring America right there, isn't it, with some of your kind well, of... Well,
1: you had to, everyone, you know, everyone, I mean, again, that's kind of very, that's a very similar tale to everybody. I mean, what it used to be, the whole, I mean, you could sum up, sum up the 90s as in, you know, there were tons and tons of bands, and they were all, you know, the NME were writing about tons and tons of bands every week, you know. Um, and it would be, for most of these bands, it would be kind of like maybe one, a few gigs, then one tour around the toilet circuit, then out you know (laughs) game over (laughs) you know after that you're either getting big or you're just going to get smaller you know after your initial bit of press you know had run out um, and the you know the enemy would inevitably be turning on you Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so it was and then but everyone you know if you got if you got beyond that point and you had a little bit of money behind you you would then You know, inevitably you'd go out, you'd go off and you'd break America. Now, what that usually meant was that you would be, you know people in new york thought you were really cool um because new york always got on to kind of london stuff and so you'd kind of be big or like the hip hip new kids in new york and you go to l.a and um you'd be like the hip people in there and you'd sell out you know a few gigs yes. um nothing in the middle um because no one else in middle america gave a shit about you um <laughs> and it was the same for every every band and you'd say so you'd tour america for about you know one to three years probably probably getting you know smaller and getting harder and harder um and then you'd sort of give up
0: <laughs> yes Inevit-
1: inevitably british bands not that many british bands do crack america because it's a very hard thing to do uh and i I you know i think not nor should they particularly want to um you know if, if they do it you know well done, you know. I take my, I salute, I salute all these British bands that, these sell loads of records in America. You know, yes, I salute them all.
0: It's not going to happen, though, <laughs> is it? What was it like, kind of by by the sort of mid nineties with the auteurs? You were sort of suddenly, even though you're, you know, you had done two albums, you then get Steve mm. Albini to, from yeah, Big Black yeah. fame and various, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was it like working with such a, you know, iconic character?
1: well he's great I mean he's a friend of mine he's still a friend of mine so um, you know it can't be that bad working together because we're still friends so and quite regularly email and that kind of thing um, he was great I mean he gave me you know he taught me a lot about he he kind of taught me that my attitude was right you know um, I was right to be kind of how I was you know at the time fairly driven um, at times fairly uncompromising um, and he kind of yeah he just sort of he kind of confirmed that, really. Um, you know, I think we were a good force on that record. Yes, it was cause... a great record. I re- I'm, you know, I still, I, still, I, mean, I still stand by all the auteurs' old albums. Uh, they all sound good to me.
0: But then in the mid-period there, where things looked like they could be going good, you managed mm. to, to jump off a wall and break your ankles. Mm. I mean, this, mm. this is a bit of a drastic moment. Was that, was that kind of an accident or a bit of a cry for help?
1: Oh, it was an accident, really. I think, I think, I, I think, I kind of probably tried to read too much into it at the time, um, and kind of. But I was just drunk and fell off a wall. I was just drinking too much, you know. <laughs> and, you know, the kind of, thing, it's the kind of stupid stuff you do when you, you know, you're you're drunk and you know, you know, you've been on tour too long. It's just, it was just daft, really.
0: Yes, it was kind of amazing. <laughs> I mean, because, 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 because obviously you must have amazing stamina, because then you have various other projects, you know, uh, yeah. Black Box Recorder, and then your yeah. your prolific solo career, which, mm. which is amazing. Did you, I mean, have you ever sort of in your adult life had a kind of moment thinking, I'm going to just give up on the... I mean, most people, are, you know, especially who start out in the 80s, indie scene... You know, become teachers or you know mm. some some sort of other job, don't <laughs> yeah, they? Yeah. But you you haven't yeah, absolutely teacher <laughs> training terrible. But the you know and um, become geography teachers.
1: Who'd want to go do something useful to help other people? Yeah, but did you did you, <laughs> you ever sort of selfless?
0: <laughs> I know, I know. You've got to yeah, you've terrible. got to follow the art, haven't you? But, oh, but yes, yeah. but with the mm-hmm. black box recorder and then your solo career, did was there ever a moment where you thought actually I can't do this anymore, or was it just always? completely driven?
1: It's always been pretty driven. I mean there have been there have been times where I've sort of my maybe my attention span has sort of wandered. Um uh, I think when we did the last the last black box recorder album my attention wasn't quite on it. Um luckily the other two did a pretty good job of kind of wherever I was lacking, they sort of made up. So it's still a good album. Um but it's just for some reason my my attention was just wandering at that point, um, I was probably thinking of the next thing I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really, after Black Box recorded, after the second album was a hit, and, you know, we had a hit single, I didn't really, I didn't really want, didn't see the, kind of didn't see the point in it, really, because um, we'd kind of done what we needed, what we set out to do, which was make a couple of records and have a hit single, um, just to sort of show we could do it. So I didn't, by the time we got to the third one, and we were having, like, record label problems, or the record label having problems. We weren't, but they were having problems keeping themselves afloat um, with giant bills to the tax man and all that kind of stuff that they couldn't pay. Um, <laughs> so uh, at that point, I was just, yeah, I was kind of thinking, what's you know, what's, what should I, maybe I should do something else, you know, some other kind of musical thing or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that was more to do with just having felt that, you know, I just felt the mission was the other two were kind of quite keen to keep the mission going and they were quite keen to try you know want to be kind of make make good on what we'd done with uh, going to hit single but pop- I didn't really care at that point
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> it's
1: true it's true I know it sounds weird but it's, uh, it's uh, absolutely true
0: yeah were you relieved to see the back of the 90s and then start more of your kind of the solo kind of work which then is really prolific isn't it from I
1: don't know I don't know, really. It only got, I think it was after when I, after Bad Vibes came out, the book came out. I kind of really got happy in my own sort of musical career or whatever you call it. I think I just got a lot of that, a lot, of, a lot of the kind of uh, the poison out of my system, um, and uh, I was then kind of feel, thinking, feeling like, yes, yeah, it's just cool. i you know, I can just be a, I can just be a solo artist and I can do what the hell I like, really. Yes. Um, That's kind of what I... And I've just really started to kind of enjoy my own, you know, career, whatever it is, you know. I don't don't like the word career. It sounds like I'm a, you know, it sounds like I'm a fucking MP or something. But, (laughs) yeah, whatever it is, my own kind of art making or whatever. Yeah. Art therapy,
0: yeah. (laughs) Art therapy. Did you enjoy making one of your solo albums, which is fascinating, Off My Rocker at the art school, BOP? Was that... Do you have particularly fond memories of that album? do you, just, you know it's just kind of a uh, curious number
1: uh, maybe uh, uh yeah, it was done very very quickly it was done in the whole thing was done in a, recorded and mixed in about six days um I don't know there was there was wasn't really there wasn't really time to to think whether I was enjoying it or not i mean it was probably it was good i think I like that album it's good um and it came out well so um yeah i just I just remember it being. I remember kind of not having a minute to think, and I was playing, I played most, apart from the drums, obviously, and a few bits of uh, string, string instruments. I played everything on it, so I just don't remember. It just went whizzed by in a blur, you know. Yes. Of just recording, 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 mixing, mixing, done. <laughs> it just had to be done. That was the budget, so, you know, that's the way it was.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then rock and roll animals. Mm. This was more of a concept album,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, I, I made quite a few sort of concept albums. I made one, there's there's one about wrestling which came out before that one uh, and then there was a sort of thing with like, the castle, the, my, my dear friend late, uh, sadly missed Cattle Coughlin um, mm. um, called the North Sea Scrolls and then, then was Rock and Roll Animals so there was a kind of there was kind of, I got into kind of making concept albums just because I kind of thought, well, why the hell, you know, I like concept albums, so, you know, why the hell should I not make them?
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's, you know, it's um yeah. quite prolific. But then when 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 did you sort of bring the, the kind of the painting kind of to the sort of kind of...
1: I just I started painting. I started painting again around about the time I did the, the wrestling album. Um, I kind of just did it all in, I kind of started being, I, you know, I went to art college when I was, when I was you know, left school. I was kind of quite keen on painting and art, and stuff, but I never really kind of quite knew how to sort of incorporate. I was always sort of split between, you know, wanting to be in a band and then wanting to be an artist, but it, it never occurred to me you could actually, there's a way of combining both. <laughs> Um, you know, without being Ron Wood, <laughs> or maybe being Ron Wood. Who knows? Maybe it's good. Maybe you know. I don't. I kind of quite like the idea of Ron Wood. You know, doing his paintings. Even though they're pretty terrible, I still kind of like the idea that he does it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was. I was kind of. Whilst I was writing songs about wrestling, I started painting the wrestlers. Um, so it, it was kind of. I really was kind of living it. <laughs> <laughs> at that point other than actually taking up wrestling myself
0: <laughs> no that would <laughs> be a bad of, idea it
1: uh, could be bad yeah yeah. Um, well we yeah, grew well, up uh,
0: with uh, giant haystacks didn't we in Big Daddy in yeah, the course. 70s yeah, with um, yeah. Yeah, Dickie Davis yeah. on a Saturday afternoon and of frankly course, yeah Yes, yeah, yeah, just the clothes yeah. and the stomachs enough to make you worried. So um,
1: superb athletes, all of them.
0: They were, yes, I know. superb. Yes, <laughs> great stamina. They had to get yeah. up on stage and get through those ropes. So um, tough,
1: it's a tough, tough gig being a wrestler in those days. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's 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 quite something. So yeah, so so what? Looking forward, I mean, are you going to? I mean, you played a few dates with Peter and the band, haven't you? Which yeah, which 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 have happened for next year? Have you got any other kind of plans to do any dates well, in America? A, uh,
1: that is the, that's the plan to kind of go to America later in the year. But we're, we've got a, we'll be doing a UK tour in February. We're just sort of waiting for some confirmation on the final dates. So we're going to do about eight date eight dates. Uh, up and down the UK um, and then maybe maybe you know if we can get to Europe I don't know how I don't know what you know back like to Brexit you know which I didn't vote for um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's tough getting, it's tough getting you know in a, a Europe these days yes um, without all the paperwork um, <laughs> so uh, yeah so we, yes yeah, the plans to do all that and I've got uh, I've got an art exhibition coming up in January another art exhibition so you know, it's kind of busy already, yes. and, we're, and, and we've already started working on the third uh, Peter Buck, Luke Haynes album. So,
0: which is amazing. I mean, it's just such a great sort of yeah, it's just great. I know I did listen to that interview you did with Barney and um oh, yeah. Rock, and, and I know when they said something like unlikely collaboration, and you were a little <laughs> bit like, why? It's like we I don't
1: really understand. Yeah, I still don't really understand that. And all the I think every review has had this sort of like has had that and I kind of it's like well we like the same records you know and we both you know we're both like rock and roll guitarists and we're both songwriters <laughs> it seems like if you know if I was a, you know if Peter was like you know a kind of uh, you know a polo champion and I was a a bus driver then I would say that could possibly be a unlikely combination but you know two guitar players who are songwriters yes. from the 90s it's kind of seems pretty normal
0: to me <laughs> yeah I mean if it was Stormzy and you I would be like well that's interesting you know your, yeah, your, yeah. your drum and bass drill kind of album but obviously you know
1: I'm, 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 I'm available if Stormzy wants to give me a call you know I'm <laughs> more, more than game for that yeah Can but do good. you I mean one of the great
0: mysteries of record uh, music and creativity is kind of owning your you know material I mean you've got a phenomenal Ooh. Back catalogue, do you yeah. own most of that, or is it kind of just scattered in various different people's you know? Um,
1: yeah, I I own uh, the auteur stuff now. Um, that's all got, actually going to all be reissued by Cherry Red, um, early next year. That's another thing that's happening. So that's they're putting out a box set of all the EMI recordings, which is kind of everything. Um, we did, um, I own, yeah, I own that. Um, i own all my solo stuff um that box recorder is a little bit scattered um i think i think one little they're not called one little indian anymore are they one little independent <laughs> own, as they actually called that um, they own they own some of that stuff and then i think emi own one album so but yeah the majority lion's share of it is it's mine To do to license to whoever I want to.
0: Yes, I mean if you could have whispered something to your sixteen-year-old self starting out Mm. in this kind of interesting creative journey, is there Mm. anything particular that you'd have thought? Oh, yeah, that would have been a really would have been good to have focused on that or focused on this. No, not
1: at all. No, no. I I I think my I think my my sixteen-year-old self would be pretty amazed, you know. Um, And I've met, you know, I've met I kind of met and know. So many people whose records you know I liked you know um and you know I've worked with loads of great people um uh, I've had you know loads of great collaborators like cattle obviously um Steve Albini Sarah from Blackbox Recorder David Westlake um you know it's uh you know it's ludicrous my life insane <laughs> <laughs> does it, does
0: it you know, because obviously when you started out with the servants and that, that yeah. period it was probably hard to sort of imagine the next decade let alone several others yeah, Do you, when you look at people like you know I suppose I mean one of my musical people was David Bowie because I thought he was amazing yeah. I mean when I mean when you sort of saw his work and the way he developed and I know he had a bit of a break when he had his health problems. Did that give mm. you kind of inspiration yourself to think, Oh yes, you can keep doing this and doing differently,
1: yeah. Probably. I mean I never yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, in the in the eighties it kind of you know, people like uh, you know, the gay betweens were kind of all pushing thirty and that seemed kind of quite old at that point, you know. Uh <laughs> you know, and now everyone's you know, now everyone is still in bands in their fifties and it's uh no one really bats an eyelid about no. it. Um I don't know if that's right or not, but I'm 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 happy about it. I'm 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 good to keep going. Um uh, you know, whether I'll still be doing this whether, whether I'll be wanting to make records at sixty five, I don't know. But who the hell knows? Who really cares? Does it matter? Yeah. not.
0: Well, does... I mean, on that point of, you know, suddenly having this collaboration with Pete, um, yeah, Peter, Ooh. did that give you a bit of a boost, especially for this decade, which has been a bit odd in the lockdown period and just being able to sort of work with someone rather than having the baton and just doing your... Yeah. Lip, you oh, know.
1: God, yeah. Yeah, it totally, it totally kind of um, recharged me um, a little bit. Not, not that I needed it. I mean, I wasn't... It wasn't that I was treading water or anything like that, but um, it was, you know, um, I don't know how to put it, but, yeah, it just recharged me, yeah, completely yeah. revitalised me. And it's nice working in a different way. Um, what's It's nice that I, you know, I play... Different instruments on these records, um, you know. I don't, I don't play as much guitar as I obviously would play on my own records because Peter's kind of got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's kind of the guitar guy, you know. <laughs> he is,
0: the, he is the man. Yes. So, but yes, if
1: you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, want to make a. You know, if you want to, you know, boast about your guitar playing, then you know, don't make a record with Peter Buck. You know, he's <laughs> he'll take care of that bit for you. <laughs> yeah, I yeah.
0: mean, and also, do you you also had was it Lenny K as well? Was was yeah, he's on there.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's kind of it's like a sort of a, a sort of super group of sorts. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 you know, it's just kind of a fascinating album because, like I said, that you Know for on the CD, you know, you've got the kind of rockier stuff on side one, Ooh. and then on the second side, you know, you go into a sort of kind of a well, a,
1: side three, yeah, side three is um, is kind of like the the kind of quite sort of um, I don't know how you, you'd call it. I mean, you know, you, you could say if, if if you were kind of wanting to give it a bad review, you could say it's it's maybe the more sort of challenging, uh, trying side, but that was kind of all double albums have that. You know, you've got to have that bit on Double where it kind of gets like, whoa, we're kind of getting in deep here. You know, yes. I like that. You know, you've kind of got to have your... You know, your Revolution Nine element or whatever. You
0: know, absolutely. And I know from you know, I loved the Kate Bush album, Hounds of mm. Love, and her sort of the second side is quite bizarre and bonkers in places, and sort of goes. Oh, into I don't know
1: that album. I should, only, I should listen to. It. I don't really know. I only know the kind of. I've never really explored her stuff. I should do it. Yeah. But yeah,
0: side two is just like her. Her sort of like okay, we've got the hits on side one. Let's not worry. No one's going to bother with side two, apart from the yeah, real fans. Sure. And and suddenly she goes into some really odd and interesting sort of. Direction. Which um, right. no one yeah, yeah. no one good, cares yeah. about because she's got four singles on the first side, yeah, probably. So yeah. it's good. Well, it's brilliant that you've yeah. got a tour and a third album lined up. Actually, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah and yeah, just on yeah. that kind of the practical front of doing this album, who does the eventual? Did you mention who does the kind of right? Let's sit down and mix it and make it sound like we've all been in the studio together.
1: Um, well, I, I mixed it. Um, uh, Peter's fine. Peter's fine with that. His, his attitude is like you know you've got. You know you're good. You're good at mixing. You do it. I don't care. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is good because he know. You know he Peter's a songwriter and a guitar player. And so he leaves me. He lets me mix it. Um, Scott, who played the bass, sort of edited the drums. Um, so Scott did some sort of preliminary mixing, and I kind of, I suppose Scott kind of gave the kind of a OK or was this the second pair of ears on my mixes, and I'd, I'd sort of like presented a finished mix to. Peter and Scott and Scott would then kind of come back and say well maybe you know you know very you know you know, maybe maybe you know that we could uh, you know maybe maybe the vocals could come up or something like that you know that just very very basic stuff um, yes but the general the general kind of mix and the sort of Stereo picture and all that kind of thing, with me. So, yeah, and that's same with the first album.
0: So. And when does Linda, the you know Linda Pittman, doing the yeah. on the drumming? When does she? When when does she put her piece on? Does she whenever have to, she
1: can? <laughs> whenever she can, because uh, she has to. Uh, she has to come from New York. To, she has to fly from New York over to Portland to record it in Scott or Peter's basement. So, um, so that's kind of you know. Once the songs are you know, it could be as early as, you know, me putting a vocal on it and uh, or whenever, but she usually comes down. I think she did all the drums in that kind of, I think, about a day, you know.
0: Wow, that's amazing. It's, it's,
1: yeah, 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 she's great, yeah, yeah. And she's real kind of, like, you know, one or two take kind of drummer.
0: Yes. Yeah. And with your songwriting, have, has that changed the process over the decades? I mean, I just wondered if you had to... Mm. you've You've sometimes had to use different ways of getting inspiration or
1: I don't know I mean some sometimes in some of the auteur songs I kind of I mean I like all the auteur stuff and there's occasional occasional things where I listen back and kind of oh god you're a bit lazy there you know Jesus you know you should have you know why did you why did you kind of like uh, you know who do, you, who do you think you're falling there with that line or something like that? I think those kind of things. Again, I'm not going to mention these songs, but um, generally it doesn't matter because I think you know it's all part of the spirit of it. Um, but nowadays I wouldn't put in, you know, I don't I don't have any kind of lazy lines. What I consider to be lazy lines, I make sure every line I'm happy with because I know it'll just bug me, yes. you know, down the line. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I make sure everything everything is. Good on the lyric front, and is what I want it to be. And you know, I know when I, I know when I'm trying to bluff, you know, and um, you know, I know when I'm trying to bluff myself. So you know, I can't have to watch that a little bit.
0: <laughs> yes, well, the psychedelic sitar casual is is a you know a classic. So, um, oh, good. That's yeah. no, it's good, and and I love the you know the British Army on LSD. I mean,
1: yeah, I like that one. Yeah. When
0: did, when did how did that idea come about?
1: Oh, that was that was a good one. Peter just sent me. Peter sent me a a YouTube clip of British soldiers on LSD just because he thought he liked it. He thought it was interesting. And I just I sent one back and said, that's a song. Um, and so within I think about an hour, he'd sent the kind of the drum machine and the bass line over to me. And then within another hour, I'd kind of put a lyric on it. So that's how that one came about. And then it just became this kind of absolute monster Um sort of this almost like this operatic thing, you know <laughs> it, yes. it's just, um so it kind of happens, you know you have to you kind of i think that's another thing about songwriting when you get older, you know how you know to seize the moment when an idea comes up like that when someone sends you something, and the video is actually called british soldiers on n s d or something like that, um in one of those kind of uh in one of those tests they did at the, I can't remember the name of the the, uh, memory's terrible today Um, one of those those testing centres yes uh, I think it was an early 60s kind of uh, experiment you know, and the lyric is kind of almost from that, because you can just see these soldiers walking around, kind of just like staring at trees (laughs) on acid you know, and it's an amazing bit of footage, and it's so obviously a great song title and a great subject for a song so it fitted right into Kind of what we wanted to do with this album.
0: Yes. Did you think? You know, because you have also you got a song called "The Commies Are Coming." Did you? Yeah. You know, with this year and the way it's panned out a bit, did did you think? Apply oh, me. Oh, this album is telling the future here.
1: Uh Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Well, we did. <laughs> it was weird because when you know the, the beat poetry and survivalist album, you know, and it was a kind of about going. You know, the title track of that was kind of about going into bunkers underground, and you know into kind of, uh, you know, uh, isolation. And, you know, what happened the week it, it came out was COVID. We were knocked out. It was, you know, it was mad. Um, so sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think it's a weird, you know, I think it's, um, you kind of pull, you know, you pull songs out of the air, I guess. And, uh, you know, I'm a kind of believer in these things, having, you know, in, in uh, you know, fortune and uh, things like that. So. Who
0: knows? Yes. Have you, over the decades, slightly slipped into a bit more of a spiritual path in life?
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: mm. most people have slightly <laughs> slipped into to some practice or some guru or some way of being just to sort of cope with. Oh,
1: not in that. Not not like that. No. But I'm kind of I'm kind of open to all that stuff. Are
0: definitely. you more into kind of earth, not magic, but earth kind of? ritual of you know the solstice the equinoxes kind of ley lines
1: not in in a formal way not in a formal way but i kind of recognize the power of those things yeah i'm not a practitioner of anything like that um but i recognize its value yes and i'm interested in it i kind of i read kind of a a lot of of stuff um you know along that kind of along those lines
0: did you ever get into being any of the occult kind of period of life? Because most people go through a bit of a
1: Alistair Crowley <laughs> period, don't they? I've read up, I've read a load of, load of stuff and all that, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But again, it's not something I would uh, I would I'm a practitioner of, and if I was, I wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I
0: guess even even David wouldn't be there with the Ouija board, would you? No, 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 leave the dead alone. I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> no, not even Jerry Garcia. So, with your, no, no, no. with the, because it's been an amazingly busy year. I mean, you must feel quite proud of having kind of two albums. Well, I know you, it was David Westlake, My Beautiful England, mm. and, and this is much more you and, and Peter, but it must yeah. feel like quite a nice way to round off a year of having, having two kind it's of.
1: Been a, it's been a good year, you know, it's been a good, good year. Um, you know, I have nothing. Nothing really, you know, within within the things I can control, um, which is very little. Um, nothing to, you know, to complain about too much. You know, it's been cool. Yeah. Yes.
0: And have you been a bit surprised? Because I know everybody's writing that kind of memoir now, of the 80s and there's films coming out yeah, yeah. Of, of stuff like that. Are you a bit amazed about the kind of the C86 world that that started with a rather, you know, <laughs> Apologetic cassette with twenty two tracks yeah. and now has become a bit of a monster and now has got a C eighty five compilation that's just come out this week <laughs> on Cherry Red Records.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Um as I said, I'm I'm not even on the, the actual album. Um but it's good for it's been good for people like, you know, David who was sort of very much a kind of a neglected songwriter for a long time that you know, people are kind of now interested in his stuff. Um it's good. Yeah. I you know, I think it's all right. And I think that book that came out was good. Um the one by Nigel Tassel. Yes. Um I thought it was a good I thought it was a good book. It was a good idea. Well you know, um well 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 kind of carried out. Yeah, I liked it.
0: It was um yeah, I loved the Neil Taylor one, but it's a bit more sort of um Neil's is a lot more kind of detail and um information.
1: A little bit it was a little bit kind of politics of indie labels for me, um, which I don't really care about. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't care who really funds a, a record label. I'm not, you know, I'm not massively interested in Record labels in the same way. I'm not massively interested in record shops um, or things like that. I just think you know they're just the conduits to sell the record, which is the thing I'm interested in. Um, I'm not really interested in who puts the record out.
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. No, it's nice. And we and did you manage to read Mickey's book on on her time in in sort of indie pop and lush?
1: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like her anyway. You know, I like her as a person. Um, you know, it's good. You know had to be written a lot of it had to be said i think
0: yes it's an in, it's an interesting time I mean mm. there has been you know a lot of good books this year just kind of roughly i'm just just off the if if you were going to pick your top three kind of books, music books of nineteen uh, two thousand and twenty two which ones mm. would they be
1: I don't know because I haven't read that many of them. I've literally only read literally only read um uh mickey's one and the c e six one. Um, I don't read <laughs> I don't read too many music books, I kinda of don't need to. No. Um uh and you know, I write a column for record collector every month so I kind of usually have a quick flick through that and that satisfies what I need to what I feel I need to, you know, get out of it. But no, I I read I tend not I tend to read biography and fiction, but generally not much music stuff. I mean yes. I read a lot, but um so those are the only two I've read.
0: Um, they're both good. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yes, I'd forgotten your record mirror, which is. Um, did you write an article once on Bruce Lacey?
1: Was that yes, good? I did. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah. I
0: seem yeah. to remember now because he used to because yeah. he used to live in this kind of area doing sort of interesting performance art, mostly naked. Of which featured yeah. sort of North American Indian sort of...
1: You he know, got quite into rituals, didn't he, as well?
0: Huge into rituals, yes. He loved yeah, his rituals yeah. so well, yes. Yeah, I yeah. seem to remember yeah, now. Yeah, the Bruce Lacey Yeah, bit. Yeah, so. I
1: liked it. There's, there's, there's an album out of his his stuff, actually. You know? His soundtrack stuff is pretty good. It's pretty interesting.
0: Yes. But look, Luke, thank you ever so much for this. This has been amazing. Okay. And um, yeah, Great. and I'm really hoping the next year goes... Just as smoothly, and well, um, thank you for yeah, it. and thanks for the album. It's been fantastic to no listen worries. to it, and um, great to yes, see have a great well, day,
1: right. Angie. Take care, then. You right. too. Bye bye bye, bye. 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 bye
0: And that was me in conversation with Luke Haynes, talking about his life in music, the servants, all and also his collaboration with Peter Buck. The album it's out on Cherry Red Records. All the kids are super bummed out. So there you go. It's available from all good record shops and also online. This has been David the C86 show. If you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just do C86 show. These have all been archived, so you can find those on Spotify, iTunes or Podbean. It's true. Anyway, have a great week. Stay safe.